Business leaders today need to go beyond meetings and management. There are action steps that nearly every leader needs to know to align with their core values and get the important priorities done. Welcome to the Grow Forward Today podcast with Paul D. Casey. Whether you're just starting out as a leader in your organization or have been a seasoned professional who wants to explore new ideas and practices, this will be an enlightening and highly applicable program. And now, your host, Paul Casey. Are you unsure of yourself? Still haven't hit the go button on some of your dreams? Not confident to speak up in a group? Not good at receiving compliments about your strengths? Playing it safe? Well, today on episode 42, I'm doing a solo episode on steps to a more confident you. About 95% of my clients desire more confidence at work, and it just may be one of the biggest cornerstones for personal leadership development. Ready to grow forward? Welcome, friends. So glad you're with me today. I want you to think about three of your strengths, three personal strengths. And you can't be like Eeyore and go, I don't have any strengths, because you do. You for sure do. These are things that you've been recognized for, you've been rewarded for, you've been rejoiced over, and where you get results. Try to think of three right now, because the first step I'm going to give you So I'm going to just dive right in with some of the steps uh, to a more confident you today. The first one is to believe in yourself, to truly believe in yourself. Now, this isn't just a woo-woo kind of phrase that people say. I mean, I do have one of those believe signs. You might have one of those somewhere in your house. But you really do become on the outside what you believe on the inside. You are the sum total of your most dominant thoughts. Let me say that again. You are the sum total of your most dominant thoughts. Those thoughts, your self-talk, are driving deep grooves in your brain, positively or negatively. So it's crucial to clean them up and point them in a more confident direction. Sometimes it's easier than we think to grow forward. So years ago, I was a fifth grade teacher. That was my first uh, career. And we went at the end of that year, because the fifth graders always went to outdoor education camp, which I thought was pretty cool. I was a young teacher, like 22 years old, and get to go play with the kids at camp, you know, at a beautiful campground uh, with lots of toys and lots of hype and activity. It was fun to be that teacher. But we went over to the climbing wall, and I'm just not really big on heights, we go to this big climbing wall and a few of the kids were like, yay. And they just dove right in. Others were like, I'm not doing that. And I said the words of, all right, if I do it, you all have to do it. And they were like, they were in with that. Like if, if Mr. Casey, who looks like he's pretty scared right now is willing to do it, then I will give it a try too. And I'm like, oh, why did I say that? But I did. So it was finally my turn to do that. And I go up some of the rocks, right? And I get about halfway up and my legs are shaking, my arms are shaking. And they're really not supposed to be because climbers know the effortless way to get up the side of a mountain or a rock climbing wall. And I remember looking down and going, I can't do it. I I don't have enough strength to go up another one. And the belayer at the bottom said, you just need to stand up. 
And, and I was thinking, stand up. What does he mean by that? Because obviously I was in sort of that bent position. My knee was bent. My arms were bent. And he goes, just put all your weight uh, on your left foot and stand up and it's going to propel you up to the next rock. And I thought, this is so easy. And I did it and I went, wow, I just went up like a whole foot. And I know if you've done rock climbing before, you're like, yeah, duh. But it was my first time and I hadn't done it before. I had the power all along to do it. I just needed a reminder. And that's the same for us too. Sometimes it's easier than we think to believe in ourselves. What's your power to draw from? I'm going to encourage you to draw from a strong core. Now, if you've ever done personal training before or any kind of fitness classes, they talk about core exercises, right? Can you think of a core exercise right now? Some of you might be thinking of a plank, you know, or a crunch or a V-sit or any one of those that helps that area right around your abdomen. Why is that important? Why would a doctor or fitness instructor tell you you've got to have a strong core? A lot of reasons, right? Supports your back. You know, it's sort of like this foundation for the rest of your skeletal system. And it's just great to have that strong core. So it's also great to have a strong core when it comes to your core philosophy and getting reacquainted with who you are and your unique version of you. So take some time to reacquaint yourself with yourself. Uh, and I, I would do that personally through a personal retreat. I love to do these uh, once a month. Now I do a deeper one once a quarter, just came back from one uh, early October. And I do a really big one at the end of the calendar year. Because really, there's not a lot of time to reacquaint yourself with yourself in the day-to-day -day of work and life. So we really have to get into solitude to do that. You've heard me say that before, and I really believe it. So when you are alone in solitude and you get a chance to reflect, I want to give you six things that you need to nail down when you're trying to reacquaint yourself with yourself. The first one is your big purpose. Some will call it your per personal mission statement. Good to have one of these. I'll tell you mine. It's to add value to people through equipping, encouraging words, servant leader actions, and a contagious passion to honor God with my life. Now, I've said it so many times, I've got it memorized, and I really, truly use it as a filter for making some of the big decisions in my life and what I'm going to do with my time. So you don't just come up with this overnight, right? You have to do some of these other five things that I'm going to tell you in just a moment. And then you combine some of the patterns that you see in these little personal assessments into a sentence. That's really the hardest part of the personal mission statement. And if you don't want to put it in a sentence, that's okay too. Maybe you just want a few bulleted list items that are your big purpose. The second one is your core values, your core values. So with each new client, coaching client that I have, whether it's a group or an individual, one of the first things I'll do with them is a values exercise. That's where I give them a sheet of about 52 values. And I have them check the ones that are all like, heck yeah, that is totally me. I'm totally think that's important in my life. And then to ignore the ones that are just meh. Now that's not really, I mean, it's a good word and all, but it's just not that important to me and how I live my life. And then the hard part, you rank it down to your top 10 core values and you start sifting them like, well, this one is more important to me than that one. And here's why. And then you get it down to your top five. And that's really hard. And then it becomes like, these are the five values, no matter whether I'm at work or in life, 
that I believe in. I stand by these. I won't even die for these because they're so important to me. They're they're like my convictions. And then try to figure out like, where did those come from? Why are those so important to me? And when they get poked, do I sort of get irritated? If so, that probably confirms that it's one of your core values. So like my big three are faith, family, and growth. So I've gotten it down to three. And then there's a whole nother list that's in that second tier down from there. Okay, so your big purpose, your core values. The third one is your strengths, your strengths. And like I said, some people like to say, I don't have any strengths, but you do, you do. And if, if you want to prove that you do, then you take a strengths assessment. I personally like Strengths Finder. I probably should have a stock in this company, Clifton Strengths, because I've sent so many people to their website to take their uh, just nineteen ninety nine to take their little strengths assessment. It'll give you your top five strengths. You could pay more money and uh, take uh, the one that has all thirty four strengths, and it will rank them based on your answers in what order that you have strengths. I think the only benefit of that would be to find out which ones are totally not your strengths. <laughs> like, what are the bottom five? Like, oh, okay, that explains a lot. I need to delegate those kind of things to somebody else. But I like the top five because when you read the descriptor, you're like, wow, that totally is me. It's like someone is reading my mail. And then you take that to the next level by taking those strengths, which are probably on a scale of one to 10, they're like an eight. And you just keep working on those, prioritizing those. And you can become a 10 and people do pay for 10s. So your big purpose, your core values, your strengths, which I recommend Strength Finder. There's also Working Genius by the uh, the table group, Patrick Lencioni's group. And there's some other ones out there that you could take. And you could just actually say, you know, as you go through your day, what are the things that make me feel strong versus what are the things that make me feel weak? And over time, you do that for a couple of weeks, uh, your strengths are going to come to the forefront. The fourth one is your experience thus far. Your experience thus far gives you that strong core because you've made it through a lot of stuff in your life and you've got more skill than 10,000 other people in so many different things. So celebrate your wins often because every time you celebrate a win, it contributes to another RPM to call upon when you're lacking courage and confidence. Because you're sort of saying to yourself with a win, look what I've done so far. Or if I can do that, then I can do this hard thing that's in front of me now. We would take uh, folks in our area. It's called Leadership Tri-Cities. And uh, it's a, a group of 24 people from different industries come together for a year-long experience of uh, learning about their community and building leadership skills. And the first thing we do with that group on a typical year, not during COVID, but a typical year is we bring them to the ropes course. And you do some of these really out of your comfort zone kinds of things like climbing up a pole called the leap of faith and then jumping off the top to a trapeze bar, you know, or going 15 feet, uh, walking along a log 15 feet in the air. And the last thing is go to a zip line. You climb up this huge scaffolding to the top and then you a zip line across the park. And what the facilitator usually tells you to yell out if you're a little scared is, if I could do this, I could do anything. And you can sort of hear it echo throughout the park as the person screams and jumps off the uh, the podium. And it, that's what a win does. It's You're telling yourself, if I could do this, then I could do anything. I, I can go on to this next thing and conquer that. Because, yes, folks, you have survived everything in your life up to this point. There you go. 
Okay, your big purpose, your core values, your strengths, your experience thus far. Number five is your resourcefulness to figure it out. Resourcefulness to figure it out. Choose an optimistic mindset. Helen Keller, who had a lot of obstacles in her life, said optimism is the faith that leads to achievement. Nothing can be done without hope and confidence. So if you think about that optimism usually precedes courage and confidence, think about like, well, why would that be true? Well, it's probably because it's the leading edge of belief. It's the leading edge of what could be. So optimism is that precursor to confidence and courage. So you've done it many times in the past. You could do it again. And then the sixth thing you could do when you're quiet and trying to rediscover yourself to strengthen your core is your pure motive in whatever situation is in front of you right now. You might be struggling with whatever that next thing is, taking that leap of faith and saying yes to that opportunity. Lao Tzu used to say, from caring comes courage. So because you care about your future or you care about the team or the organization uh, or some other, like someone in your family, you're going to actually show courage and confidence and do the thing. You're going to raise your hand. You're going to take that action. You're going to have that conversation. And you know you're doing it out of a pure motive. You're not trying to sock it to somebody or to be greedy. Um, Those would not be pure motives. If it is a pure motive, though, it's going to strengthen your core and you're gonna have more confidence. E.E. Cummings used to say, once we believe in ourselves, we can risk curiosity, wonder, spontaneous delight, or any experience that reveals the human spirit. It's gotta start with that belief. If you still don't think this is important, let's talk about our inner critic for a moment, shall we? Yes, we don't like that guy or that gal. We sort of like to sidestep him or her. And one way to bring, uh, to not sidestep and go through the issue is to do a limiting beliefs exercise. So I'll do this with my clients where you just take a piece of paper and make three columns. The first column says limiting belief. The second column says negative consequence. And the third one says replacement truth. The limiting belief is that thing that you keep telling yourself that holds you back. The negative consequence is now what happens to your life. What is that non-confident thing that you're doing, that fraidy cat thing that you're doing as a result of the limiting belief? And then the replacement truth is what you need to like take that old CD out and put the new CD in, put the new jump drive in, I guess I should probably be saying nowadays, so that you retrain your brain. So here's an example. Like I don't deserve to apply for that job. I won't be truly considered anyways. That would be a limiting belief. So what's the negative consequence? Well, I let the application date pass yet again, or I'm just not gonna prepare well for the interview because I don't think I'm gonna get it. What's the replacement truth? Well, I meet all the criteria for what they're looking for based on that job ad. And it's really up to them if I'm the best fit and I'm gonna get valuable experience or visibility by just applying. So that's how you do the exercise. So I would I would consider if I were you to try this exercise to find out what's that thing that's holding you back? What is that leading to in your life that you really don't want anymore? And then what's the replacement true to retrain your brain? It does take work to retrain your brain. But over time, it will become more so your default. And that's what we really want. 
You know, if nothing else in this podcast episode today, remember to take seriously your self-talk. Take it seriously. 68% of your thoughts that you had today were repeated thoughts you had yesterday. Isn't that fascinating? 68% of the thoughts you had today were repeated thoughts you had yesterday. So that's becoming a pattern. And 75% of a person's typical thoughts are negative thoughts. Yikes. Three out of four thoughts are negative. And we've already shown that your thoughts drive us. Our thoughts drive us. So I don't know what it's going to take. Some people have uh, put uh, like a wrist, uh, a rubber band on their wrist, and then they snap their wrist to snap themselves out of it when they catch themselves in this negative frame of thinking or some other thing. Uh, maybe it's even having the people around you call you on it, the ones that love you the most, to say, oh, sound like a negative thought again. Like, ah, shoot, yes, I got to put a, a quarter in the jar or whatever so that I don't keep doing that. Negativity really is the wet blanket that snuffs out courage. And if you don't do it for yourself, at least do it for others. Most of us would love to serve other people. It's harder to believe in others when you choose not to believe it in yourself. (laughs) Yes, because we're always playing out or we're oozing out onto others what we're thinking about in our own mind. Your self-talk is bleeding out onto those you love and those you work with. So it can be bleeding in a good way, which doesn't sound like a good metaphor, but you get the point, right? It's uh, it's it's oozing out or it's casting a, a positive shadow or it's, ca- it's uh, casting a negative shadow. None of us would want to be said of us that we didn't believe in others, right? So why are we doing this to ourselves? So the first step to confidence is to believe in yourself. Number two is to expand your network. Expand your network. Develop and strengthen more of your relationships. Always work with the construction gang and not the wrecking crew. Isn't that, isn't that a good quote? Always work with the, for you like those home improvement shows, right? Always work with the construction gang, not the wrecking crew. Now, I know demo is fun on those home improvement shows, people smashing things with sledgehammers. And often it can save you money on your contractor if you do some of that work yourself. But in life and in business, The wrecking crew are the gossipers, the Eeyores, the naysayers, the negative Neds and Nellies, the can't-do-it people. I don't have time for that. Do you have time for that? Gotta put boundaries around those folks in your life. Instead, you can choose to hang with those who are doing poor things. They're doing what people said couldn't be done. These are the initiators of the world. You want to hang out with those people because they're always starting something and uh, they're always growing forward. So the second one is that people who are always growing forward personally, professionally, they're always working on themselves in some area, taking a new course, learning a new hobby. A third, you want to hang with people who are trying something new and taking on new challenges They're not just stuck in ruts and they do the same thing every time. They eat the same restaurant. They drive the same way home. You know, they they just keep doing everything the same. No, you want to try with those people that are uh, doing something new. And also want to hang with people that are stepping up when others step back. People that are displaying courage. The ones that volunteer and everyone's hemming and hawing and they're like, I'll do it. That's the kind of person you want to hang with because they're already showing that courage. So people that are doing what's, what, what people said couldn't be done, 
people who are growing forward, someone that are trying something new and people who are stepping up when others step back. What's the benefit to you? Well, they're courageous when you're not, or they can speak courage, which is encouragement, right? They can speak courage into you when you need it most. So there's a lot of benefits to hanging around those kind of folks. George McDonald says, nothing makes one feel so strong as a call for help. Whoa, did you look at that and go, wait, what? And fail strong as asking for help? That sounds sort of like the opposite. Well, almost every client I have has said that if they ask for help, they might be viewed as weak or incompetent or someone to be passed up next time. So this is common, right? You might have thought that as soon as I had that quote. But remember the self-talk. It's counterintuitive, right? Hashtag stronger together. <laughs> Didn't we see that a lot in COVID? How many times have you grown in your career or your life when someone reached out to you for mentoring, got you to the next level by their advice or the doors they opened for you? In fact, think about that right now. Can you think about a mentor, a teacher, a coach, an advisor, somebody like that who... You thought, I, I should probably not. It's probably a stupid question. Or I probably shouldn't reach out for help. And then you did. And then they challenged you on something. And then they encouraged you. And you took the plunge. And something good happened as a result of that. I bet you you have somebody in your life, if not multiple people that have done that for you. Here's the magic. I have found it amazing that as soon as you start telling people what you want to do, things start emerging in your path to make it happen. I remember many years ago when I started the business, I heard about this concept of having a personal assistant. And I'm like, oh, I think only like really, really, really rich people have personal assistants, right? And there probably can't be any here in my little town. And, uh, but I was encouraged to do that by a coach. And I went, well, I guess I could start asking around, right? The first person I ran into, one of my, one of my clients, I said, I, I really need a personal assistant. They go, oh, I have one. And I went, what? Well, she said, well, I don't have one, but the lawyer I work for has one. And she's great. And in fact, uh, she might have some extra time to be able to take you on as well. And I went, really? And she connected me to the person. And that person became my first uh, assistant, personal assistant. and was doing some errands that was actually bogging me down to allow me to really get this business up and going. So bam, something, someone comes through or the answer reveals itself as soon as you start asking for help or asking at least for opportunities to present themselves. According to Hermenia Ibarra, we need three kinds of networks. She says we need operational networks, personal networks, and strategic networks. So an operational network is internal. This is your work network. They help you manage today's work and get things done efficiently. Then you need a personal network. This is your external away from work people to help you grow personally and professionally. And they help you enjoy your life and develop yourself. And then there's the strategic network. This is the one that most people say they need to beef up. This is a both internal and external people have more of a medium to long-term focus on your life. They're gonna help you lead well they're going to help you understand your context and generate ideas and support for you. So how are you doing in those areas? Think about, do you have a strong operational network that helps you get the work done every day? Do you have a strong personal network to help you enjoy your life and develop yourself? 
And do you have a strong strategic network that is thinking about your long-term career, building your business, or uh, pursuing some great ideas to change the world? Most people say, like I said, it's that third one. Most of you are learners or you wouldn't be listening to this podcast today. So keep it up on a smaller scale. I'd encourage you to glean as much as you can from everyone around you. Glean, everybody's a resource, right? The way you do that is to not be passive, but to be intentional. You're going to ask the people around you, whether it's a networking event or uh, when you're in the lunchroom at work or you're on a virtual call and you're, you're hanging out before or after, ask targeted questions. I would literally take the leaders that I respected here in my area to lunch. Got this idea from John Maxwell. He called them learning lunches or leader lunches. And I'd take them to lunch and just have a prepared set of questions ready to ask that person. Tell them you're going to do that in advance. They don't think they're having the inquisition. And boy, I learned so much from those folks. And that's why I do podcasts is because I want everyone else to learn from the questions that I asked these people that I respect. Then you journal your takeaways from the folks after you ask these targeted questions. And now I've got journals full of stuff. And now I have to go back and call the journals to be able to put it into uh, episodes like this or webinars or seminars or books because I've got so much input now that I want to turn that around and give it to the world. So you can do this as well. So, so far we have talked about believing in yourself. Then we have talked about expanding your network as two of the major steps for building your confidence. Let's take a quick break. You are listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast on the Voice America Business Channel. You can contact me on my website, growingforwardservices.net. We'd love to see you there. Or over on Instagram or Facebook at Growing Forward Services. Or you can come over to LinkedIn at Paul D. Casey. And I also have a business page at Growing Forward Services as well. Don't go to Paul Casey, the professional golfer, though, because I'm just a duffer. All right, we're going to come back after the break, and we are going to be talking about the very next step in building your confidence, taking a baby step, and going all in. Stay tuned. If you're a manager or supervisor trying to keep your team and yourself engaged, motivated, and accomplishing goals, then you want to check out Bullseye, Paul Casey's membership community for team leaders, coming alongside you to achieve confidence and success in leading your team. Within Bullseye, there are plug-and-play forms and tools, inspirational audios to pump you up, team player videos to play in staff meetings, icebreakers for your one-to-ones, and of course, interaction with Paul and other industry team leaders to chat about how to solve the problems you are wrestling with. Paul will bring on live experts once a month to answer your questions on their expertise, and he will ping you twice a week via text to encourage you in your pursuit of your goals. Finally, there is a resource for anyone who supervises others and wants to develop their potential. Check out Bullseye to find out more and subscribe today for the best rates they'll ever be at growingforwardservices.net. That's growingforwardservices.net. You're listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast. 
If you'd like to know more about Paul Casey or our program, please visit his website at growingforwardservices.net. Now, back to Grow Forward Today. Welcome back to the Grow Forward Today podcast. I have been doing a solo episode this week on steps for more confidence. We have talked about two so far, believing in yourself, taking that personal retreat time to really rediscover how uniquely you are wired and then standing in that. Then we talked about expanding your network and you want to hang around people who are on the construction crew, not the demo crew, like people that are lifters, not those that tear you down and really be intentional about who you hang out with and the questions that you ask them. That's going to build your confidence as well when you learn how other people built their confidence and their courage. Let's go on to number three, which is take a baby step, open your wings and go all in. I guess it's three mini steps in number three. Take a baby step, open your wings, and go all in. Who can forget Bill Murray's role in the movie, What About Bob? Isn't that a classic? If you haven't watched it, please watch it. You will cry with laughter after a while. Uh, But there is a a scene in the movie where uh, Bob, you know, goes into the therapist, uh, psychologist's office, and he, uh, the psychologist, Uh, The doctor talks to him about baby steps. I know it's a very simple concept, but of course, Bob is a little uh, delayed mentally. So he he actually uh, starts practicing and goes baby steps around the office, baby steps into the hallway, baby steps out the door. And he's literally practicing the baby steps around the office while the doctor just sort of smirks like, okay, I was more metaphorical, but uh, thank you. Thank you, Bob. And he was just saying to take those little baby steps in life towards your goal. It's got to be an attainable stretch. And you think about a rubber band, you know, if you pull that rubber band way too far and you overextend it, it snaps. So we don't want that. We don't want any pulled muscles uh, when you're uh, when you're stretching. But you do want to pick something that's out of your comfort zone. So not enough to pull a muscle, but it is outside the comfort zone. That's why I call it an attainable stretch. You're getting those muscles, those courage muscles, ready to push beyond. So what are some little ways to do this, uh, especially at work? Okay, number one is you would speak up for once at a meeting where you've previously been silent or intimidated by the people in the meeting. So if you're an introvert, you totally relate to this. So it can start, here's some little baby tips that I give, uh, baby step tips that I give to my introvert clients. You can concur with someone else's plan, and then you just add your why. Like, why do you agree with what that other person just said in the meeting? Or you can ask an intelligent question, right? So you don't you don't have to know the answer. You just have to show curiosity and make sure it's an intelligent question, which allows someone else to, again, have the spotlight. And for some reason, that makes you look more important because you asked the question. You could go into the meeting with a few questions, in preparation, like if you know the agenda, which a good meeting planner always has the agenda uh, prepared in advance, you can be thinking in advance, what are a couple questions that I could ask when I get in there? So those are just some ways in a meeting to step up. A second thing that you can do to have an attainable stretch is to volunteer to take a role that you don't feel fully that you're equipped to do, but you know you're gonna be a quick learner because you know yourself. So you know you're going to build a bridge as you're walking over the bridge. 
and people are going to admire you because you stepped up when they all stepped back. So you could speak up at meetings where you've previously felt intimidated. You can volunteer to take a role that's going to be a little outside your comfort zone. A third one is you can name the side business you'd like to start and brainstorm the elements in a business plan. Just start putting pen to paper. Because like I said, as soon as you put it out there into the world, it's amazing how you start leaning into it and resources become available. A fourth thing you could do in a little, little way to have an attainable stretch is to hire a coach or a personal trainer or a therapist, some type of people helper to stretch your mind to the possibilities. Most of the time we are surrounded by people who help us stay in our comfort zone bubble. Right? We, we just try to shield ourselves from any discomfort or pain. And so uh, we hang around with those people because they keep us safe in that little bubble, which is great. It's good to have that, um, that personal network that we talked about a few minutes ago. However, that doesn't take us to the next level. So we need someone that's going to challenge our comfort zone and the rut that we're in and show us the possibilities that we can go bigger. So those are some little ways to uh, take a baby step. In that Leadership Tri-Cities program that I was telling you about earlier, one of the classes decided as their theme for the year was yellow is the new green. You're like, what in the world does that mean? Well, I was explaining that, uh, you know, green, yellow, and red, that the red zone, or so the green zone is like the comfort zone that you're in. And, you, you know, you're thriving in this comfort zone. Uh, you're making money. Your family's doing well. Um, you're relatively healthy. That's the green zone. The yellow zone is when you push outside of the comfort zone, you try something that's just a little bit uncomfortable because you know that growth on the other side of it is going to be what you want for your vision, for your life, for your team. Now, you don't want to go too far because the pulling a muscle zone is the red zone. And that's when you get totally overwhelmed and then you shut down um, or you stop or you quit, you know, or you get out of a relationship. I mean, these are the red zone is, is the burnout zone or that scary zone where you've just pushed too far. So they made their theme, yellow is the new green. They wanted to move uh, the whole year because their, their company was paying for them to be in this program. They wanted to stretch themselves as leaders. So they wanted to move that green zone into the yellow. I thought that was pretty cool. So you could uh, take the yellow zone step. You want to hit the go button on and try to step into that. Here's what I do know. Mahatma Gandhi said, you may never know what results come from your action, but if you do nothing, there will be no result. Makes sense, right? Inaction is a decision. And inaction is usually not a decision that we're proud of later. This is that regret zone that we didn't try something, we didn't do it, and sadly, um, we didn't get the results that we wanted. JFK said, there are risks and costs to a program of action, but they are far less than the long-range risks and costs of comfortable inaction. Yeah, that's where we look back a year or five years from now and we see we haven't grown. We haven't accomplished anything on our bucket list. We didn't take the action. But here's what I know. Action blasts away fear. So you've got to take the baby step. Lee Iacocca, he said, so what do we do? Anything, something, so long as we don't sit there. If we screw it up, start over, try something else. 
If we wait until we've satisfied all the uncertainties, it may be too late. Yeah, because there'll be a missed opportunity and the window of opportunity then closes. Or worse, someone, maybe you, might suffer longer because you didn't address a root cause that was leading to a situation that you don't want right now. So that's the baby step part of this one. Then after the baby step, you open your wings. Don't always play it safe because playing it safe is never going to be fulfilling. Yeah, it might be comfortable, but it's never going to be deeply fulfilling. There are two kinds of people in the world, those who want to make things happen and those who don't want to make mistakes. If you put one on one side, those that want to make things happen, and a 10 on the other side, those who don't want to make mistakes and play it safe, where would you put yourself? Closer to the one taking those risks or closer to the 10 in that comfort zone, not growing? Let me tell you a little story. I love bald eagles. Uh, years ago when I was a school principal, that was what I did after being a teacher, uh, that I was told that I needed a mascot. For my office and so I picked the bald eagle and then I got eagle gifts like for every birthday every Christmas and when I moved on from the school so I had like 75 eagle type things in my office so I really like eagles and I've always saved this story someone once told me a story about a wounded eaglet that was rescued by a kindly farmer he found the bird in one of his fields and so took him home, tended to his wounds, and then placed him outside in the barnyard to recover. Strangely enough, the young eaglet soon adapted to the habits of all the barnyard chickens. He learned to walk and cluck like them. He learned to drink from a trough and peck the dirt for food. And for many years, he peacefully resigned himself to this new life on the ground. Ooh, good line, huh? But then one day, one of the farmer's friends spotted the eagle and asked, why in the world is that bird acting like a chicken? The farmer told him what had happened, yet the man could hardly accept the situation. It's just not right, said the friend. The creator made that bird to soar in the heavens, not scavenge in the barnyard. Mm, another good line. Soar in the heavens, not scavenge in the barnyard. So he picked up the unsuspecting eagle, climbed onto a nearby fence post, and tossed him in the air. But the confused bird just fell back to earth and scurried off in search of his feathered friends. Undaunted, the man then grabbed the eagle and climbed to the top of the barn. As he heaved him off the roof, the bird made a few half-hearted squawks and flaps before falling into a bale of hay. After shaking his head a few times, the eagle then made himself comfortable and began mindlessly pecking at pieces of straw. The friend went home that night so dejected he could barely sleep as he remembered the sight of those powerful talons caked with barnyard mud. He couldn't bear the thought, so the very next day he headed back to the farm for another try. This time he carried the eagle to the top of a nearby mountain where the sky unfolded in a limitless horizon. He looked into the eagle's eyes and cried out, don't you understand? You weren't made to live like a chicken. I'll say that again. You weren't made to live like a chicken. Why would you want to stay down here when you were born for the sky? As the man held the confused bird aloft, he made sure the eagle was facing into the brilliant light of the setting sun. Then he powerfully heaved the bird into the sky. And this time, the eagle opened his wings, looked at the sun, caught the updraft rising from the valley, and disappeared into the clouds of heaven.
Do you know that we too were born for the sky? Mm, yet too many of us have huddled together in the barnyard, contentedly scurrying for the safety of our families, our finances, and our careers. Whew, a good lesson from the eagle that there are two kinds of people, those that want to make things happen and those that don't want to make mistakes. Where are you? Well, you must do the things that scare you in order to build confidence, because that's the theme of this podcast. You will cultivate confidence through risk, failure, and changing how you think. The choice is courage or comfort, and you can't have both at the same time, courage or comfort. When I think of opening your wings, I think of uh, a TED Talk by Amy Cuddy, C-U-D-D-Y, if you want to look it up. And she talks about power poses. She made this famous in the book Presence. So she says, and she did research on that assuming the body language of a powerful person can make you feel confident, like Superman or Wonder Woman. You put on that pose, which is like a self-nudge, she calls it, or a small tweak to your body language and your mindset that can produce psychological and behavioral, behavioral improvements in the moment and she actually proved it's true so she she actually counsels people in the video to go in the restroom before a big meeting at work or a potential pitch to a client and do the wonder woman or the superman pose it might seem silly but nobody's watching just you and then you come out and you actually behave in a more confident way so you it goes together with your self-talk that we've already talked about today, and now it flows into your body. Isn't that cool? And so uh, you can actually try to practice this and see if it works for you. I also have a worksheet that you could uh, that I could send to you if you're interested. I'm at growingforward@paulcasey.org. Growingforward@paulcasey.org, and it's called the Confidence Dial. And this worksheet takes you through that. Uh, uh, a self-reflection exercise of what does confidence feel like to you? What does it sound like when it comes out of your mouth when you're most confident? What does it look like, like your posture and how you walk when you're most confident? And then it asks you, so what is that picture of, of confidence to you? Is it Superman or Wonder Woman? Is it an eagle? Is it a, is it a mountain? Uh, what is that? Is it a freight train? Uh, because that's what you want to picture in your mind when you're getting into confidence mode. And then what is your reflection on this worksheet that's going to help you for the long run? So happy to send the confidence style worksheet to you if you're interested. We are building courage momentum with these steps. A 90-year-old looked back on his life, and when he was asked his best advice for living well, he said, when in doubt, just take the next step. Isn't that good? So a quick reality pause here. As you're pursuing confidence and courage, expect resistance and then push through it. Expect resistance and then push through it. As soon as you set a courageous goal, it's just uncanny. Resistance comes calling, right? Every time I say I'm going to go on a diet and I'm learn learning to not even say that anymore, right? I'm, I want, I'm trying to eat a more nutritious uh, diet or trying to have more of a lifestyle, good lifestyle diet. As soon as I do that, somebody brings donuts and puts them in front of me, right? <laughs> or there's a birthday around the corner or a networking thing, which has my favorite cheesecake at it. And it's just like, wow, as soon as I declare that, it seems like there's some resistance that comes calling. 
So we've got to push through that. Or as one of my friends, uh, Blaine, who you heard on this podcast a few weeks ago, he calls it surfing the urge, right? You want to go back to the way you were doing things before, but you surf the urge and you say, no, you don't go with the instant gratification option. You decide to not give up easily. Vince Lombardi says the difference between a successful person and others is not a lack of strength. It's not a lack of knowledge, but it's rather a lack of will. We give up too easily. So absorb the hit, absorb that temptation, absorb that negative comment from your loved one who is holding you back and keep going. This reminds me in the X-Men series, you know, of the, of the character, the Wolverine. If you've seen the X-Men series, every t- his body heals almost as fast as he's getting pummeled, right? He's going into whatever this horrible situation is and his skin is getting ripped apart and any normal person would be dead, but his body just keeps regenerating. And I, I just think of that's a great illustration to what we need to do when we're, when we're getting resistance on one of our goals. We need just to keep regenerating ourselves and push through that. Fear is part of that resistance. So being fearless is less about operating with no fear and more about seeing the fear, confronting the fear, and stepping forth in a grand effort to overcome. I heard one speaker say, you sort of look over, like if you're driving along, you look over at the passenger seat, which is empty, and you say, hi, fear, I see you. I know you're along for the ride, but you can't have this steering wheel onward right so you actually just talk to it you recognize it's there because to be authentic you you have to recognize the emotions that are present with you but you don't give it the steering wheel you don't let it drive your life you've probably seen lots of people who let fear drive the steering wheel of their life and you and i have done it too so you get that negative comment from a colleague and you say to yourself nope i'm undeterred (laughs) when i think of nope uh if you ever played the game Exploding Kittens, it's it's not graphic, by the way. Uh, if you're just like appalled by the name of the game, it's it's supposed to be for, you know, teenagers. Exploding Kittens. Well, anyway, there's a card in there that just says nope in it. And so if somebody tries to lay a negative card on you, you can play your nope card and that doesn't deter you. Like you could just like negate the card. So play the nope card. You get a rejection email from a potential customer you've pitched to. It's all right. You say to yourself, there's something else. There's no one doing any cartwheels when you announce a new vision for your team or for your family. Well, you stay the course, you take the first steps. They're just watching you and your consistency. So if you stay the course and you don't react in a negative way, they'll be like, I respect that. So baby step, open your wings, and then you go all in, you go all in. So I do like golf. I'm not very good, but I do like golf. And I took uh, lessons from a guy named Danny and uh, he was helping me. So, you know, golf, you know, there's all different clubs. And when you get a little bit closer to the green, you uh, you use a pitching wedge or a sand wedge or some kind of club that's tilted quite dramatically than the other clubs. And you have to get it to the green to just sort of chip it up there on the green so you can do putting. Well, there's a sort of in-between shot where... It's far enough away from the green and you don't want to take a full swing, but you don't want to take a half swing because you won't get it there. Anyways, if you're not a golfer, 
he says you've got to commit to the shot ball because anytime you don't, you just do a little half swing, the ball just sprays to the left or to the right, and you just don't go all in on it. But when you commit to the shot, he goes, I want you to just pretend like you're going to hit the house way out there. Let the club do the work. And I did. And it was just like this beautiful picture-perfect shot. But anytime I hedged, I sprayed the shot to the right or to the left. He said, use the techniques I taught you and pretend you're going to hit that shed in the distance. It's going to be okay. Even if you hit the shed, it would be okay. And that gave me the courage to actually go all in. Probably we've all heard the best example of going all in. It was uh, Hernando Cortez in 1519 when... Uh, he got to the shores of, uh, of the New World and he burned his boats, right? He did not allow his soldiers to get back on the boat. He said, there's no turning back. We're here. Like, we're going we're gonna to figure this out. We're going to discover the gold. He, of course, didn't do it in a very um, um, sane way, you know, by actually taking, uh, hurting the indigenous people that were here. So I'm not a big fan of his, but... Uh, I am a fan of the mentality of sometimes you got to burn the boats. You have to not give yourself the way out. So what does all in mean? All in means you don't hedge. Hesitation can be a sign that you're letting fear get the best of you. So if you ever notice yourself hedging or hesitating, or you notice somebody else doing that, like maybe your leader, there's probably a little bit of fear to explore there. And I know that uh, oftentimes in sports, if you hesitate, you're more apt to get injured in that moment. It would be better to just follow all the way through or fall to the ground and roll than it would be to try to hedge and stop yourself from, from falling. So hedging, not hedging means you're all in. Not leaving yourself an easy out is also an all in sign. So I don't like roller coasters only because I have motion sickness. I wish I, I wish I could just have a surgery and get rid of this motion sickness, but sadly I don't. And so, uh, but I was dragged onto a roller coaster by a girlfriend uh, early on uh, in her dating life back in my twenties. And I noticed there was a thing called a chicken exit that was really close to getting on the ride. And boy, every bone in my body wanted to take the chicken exit because I did not want to go on that, but I promised her that I would. So I had a horrible experience. Uh, but yes, not leaving yourself an easy out means you're all in. And it also all in means it's not okay to cancel. Like oftentimes when things get canceled, we're just like, oh, that was fine. <laughs> didn't want it anyways. No, that's not all in. There should be a little bit of pet peevedness in you when something gets canceled. You're like, no, I really wanted to do that. That was my chance to shine. Titus Livy says, in difficult situations, when hope seems feeble, the boldest plans are the safest plans. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but which organizations thrive throughout COVID, right? Who reinvented with new vigor during that horrible season? The only way you can rise to meet challenges effectively is to expect to. So it goes back to mindset yet again. So finally, your courage and confidence has benefits that ripple out to others. So make it easier for others around you to take courage, right? So if you start doing it, you're going to realize like, I need to nurture this in my team and in my family, all the people that are around me, my support system, make it easier for others to take courage by nudging those around you to pilot something or yeah, run with that plan or by creating a climate of grace for errors, mistakes, 
you embolden others to take their baby step risks. Now you are in their network and they are drawing off your courage. Wouldn't that be great? So I, I just want to end with that today because people can draw off your courage. So you're not doing it just for yourself. That almost sounds selfish, even though it's not. You're going to do it for other people because you want to serve them. Tad Agagolia says, we aren't just called to have great ideas. We're called to take great ideas and mold them into an outstanding reality. So whatever you're thinking of doing, be part of the solution, take courage, and of course, I'm going to tell you to grow forward. So hopefully you got a lot out of our podcast today, because this podcast is all about putting the practical tips into action for your personal leadership development. Remember, if you learn something and you don't put it into action within 72 hours, those valuable gems start to slip out of your brain gradually until they lose their value to your life. Also want to plug that if you have a, an event, a live event or a virtual event, whether that is a conference or an offsite retreat, something where you're gathering people together to develop, to bond, to strategically plan, I would love to be a part of that. If you need an inspirational speaker or a facilitator, I would love to give you practical tools to raise the water level of your entire team. So Consider me, let's start a conversation. I'm at growingforward at paulcasey.org. Growingforward at paulcasey.org. Thank you so much for listening to episode 42. Please spread the word about this podcast to those in your circle of influence who are hungry to grow forward in their lives. And remember our tips for today, which is to believe in yourself, to expand your network, take that baby step, spread your wings, and go all in. So remember, you must lead yourself well before you can lead your team well. Until next week, keep growing forward. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Grow Forward Today. Remember to visit Paul's website for more tools that you can use at growingforwardservices.net. Join us again for another edition very soon on the Voice America Business Channel. 